0: A Virginia mom shares her heartbreaking story of being kept in the dark about her daughter's struggles with gender identity at school and how that deception opened the door to her child being assaulted and eventually sex trafficked. Legislation called Sage's Law has been introduced to prevent this from happening again. Plus, is your local pharmacy going to offer the prescription abortion pill? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. All right, well, we've got a lot of very serious topics to cover, but before we begin, I just have to throw out the latest news. Have you heard that we are going to have an all-female M&M package now? (laughs) No, I actually (laughs) hadn't heard that,
1: and um, to be honest with you, I don't really think about the genders of M&M, so I guess they've been men. Is that the thing? They've been male?
0: you know, we see these cute little M M&M M characters on TV commercials right. and I guess they had some female ones. They, did have they the had bow. the green one yeah. with yeah. the go go boots, yeah. brown one with heels. Now there's a new purple one, peanut purple M M&M, M apparently, which I like because purple is my favorite color.
1: Yeah. Well you
0: look good. So. In purple. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> well,
1: that is interesting. I mean, I what I guess I'm trying to figure out like right. You know, I get it when there was the whole push for feminism, you know, why food would all of a sudden, you know, add some women into their characters or whatever. But I don't really get right now. I mean, weren't Legos going the opposite direction? Like you weren't supposed to have boy Legos and girl Legos because like... Anybody can play with any l- I don't yeah. really get this. We can't separate the toys, girl, right? Like I, boy anymore. I don't know which direction we're going. Yeah, as which a culture. Direction I'm very we confused. confused. Well,
0: I just think the the next natural step in this is to expect a non-binary M&M to be coming right after the female one. I don't,
1: don't understand. Food doesn't have
0: to have genders in the first place. This is the thing. I don't it it does beg the question how how they can get away with politically having an all-female M&M package, but I'm not gonna complain. If you guys want to get me one. I'm all for that. Yeah, I pretty much
1: eat any flavor, so I probably (laughs) eat any gender. Like, literally, I think I like all M&Ms.
0: All right. I kind of put off for as long as possible the really serious topics that we have to get into, so we'll just dive right in. Um, I do feel like today we need to address that there are some major pharmacies, CVS, Walgreens, saying that they are going to be selling this uh, prescription abortion pill. But before we got into that, I did want to give you a chance to give us a highlight of what's going on with the General Assembly.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of bills going fast and furious. Um, Again, for folks that don't remember, this is a 45 day thing with like several thousand bills, so they move very quickly. And I think, I mean, there's a million we could talk about. I think we really today need to talk about Sage's Law, which is a positive law, but it's built around a really awful story. And so we announced the bill last week with a press conference and and just kind of explaining the story behind it. But that's a pretty important one.
0: Yeah, sponsored by Delegate Dave LaRock. Uh, The Family Foundation and our legal team had a key role throughout this process. Um, I think we should just start by talking about who the bill is named in honor of.
1: Okay, yeah. So um, the bill is called Sage's Law after a young girl who was 14. Her name is Sage. Um, And our connection to it is her mom actually called our office for help in the middle of this tragic story, but I'll just basically give you, um, a little bit of the outline. It's, um, it's almost so sad when I heard about it, I almost couldn't believe it because it was so kind of an unbelievable sequence of events. But the events start with something we all know has been happening in schools. And that is that Sage determined to identify herself as a male within the school system.
0: And we, I should throw out, just to give parents a warning. Yes, we if, should definitely yeah, do that. If you have a little one around, you'll want to distract them or take them to another room because this story is tough and has some... Um, Just really disturbing elements, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, so she began to identify as a boy within the school system, although not to her parents, did not come out to her parents that she was doing this. And so the school system went along with hiding this from the parents. And so they immediately told her she could use the boy's bathroom. And, of course, quickly um, there ensued actual um, boys being inappropriate with her, assaulting her. Um, And it wasn't until she actually... um, you know, had to sit down with a counselor and they realized she was actually almost a harm to herself because of what had been happening, that they even admitted bullying was going on, but they still didn't admit to the parents that this was because she's identifying as a boy and going into the boy's bathroom. So it's amazing they could tell him about the bullying, but didn't even tell them about the gender issue still in that moment.
0: Yeah, apparently, according to the mom who gave this testimony during our press conference, and it was a really tough story to listen to. And in fact. You know, she broke down in tears after sharing it. That's that's how tough it was. But they are sharing their story, hoping that it will give other people courage and that this legislation we're going to talk about coming out of it will help other kids and families. But anyway, she she shared how um, Sage came home one night after this bathroom incident. I don't know if we know for sure what happened with that, but definitely there was trauma involved with that um, and some kind of threat um, or harm happening And, um, you know, that's when, through this conversation with her daughter, she found out that she had been identifying as Mel. But that very night, I believe Sage ran away. Right. Mom
1: wakes up the next morning and her daughter is gone Um, and unfortunately, ultimately found This uh, is started in Appomattox, Virginia, so ultimately found in Baltimore, Maryland, after being sex trafficked. She went away thinking she was meeting, you know, these kids meet people online and they think they're a friend. And apparently that's what had happened is she went to meet someone she thought she knew. And it turned out she had been being groomed by sex traffickers. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So long story short, she ends up in Maryland. And um, again, another series of tragic events basically happen.
0: Yeah. And we have been saying all along that these policies that exclude parents, especially when it comes to what is happening to their kids regarding how they are handling sexuality and gender identities, uh, gender issues at school, when you exclude parents from that, cut them out, hide things, that that actually causes uh, long term damage down the road that it can and does cause damage. And this story illustrates that point.
1: Yeah. So the parents go to get this child back and they discover, first of all, that she was a uh, she was actually being held like she was a criminal. She literally had um, it was she was found as a a, runaway, as a runaway, like as if she wasn't a victim of sex trafficking. Um, And so long story short, this judge um, prevented her parents from getting her back because this girl basically was given a court appointed attorney. Who basically claimed that she was being abused by her parents, that her parents misgendered her, didn't uh, accept her gender, and therefore she shouldn't go home to them.
0: And really, one of the most touching parts of the story was when the mom was describing how, um, for the first time, they had seen their daughter after she was sex trafficked. They go in this courtroom, and they see her on a video, and they shout out to her, you know, something like "We, we love you. I love you, Sage," and she says back. I love you too, Nana. And then they're just immediately shut down, I think, by the attorney, appointed attorney. And the whole focus becomes on, you know, things like that they're using her her name, Sage, um, the pronouns. It just seemed like they were so laser focused on this political issue of gender identity that everything bigger, all bigger trauma was just getting ignored or. Yeah. And I think I do have to mention, as you
1: mentioned trauma, um, you mentioned, you know, she yelled out I love you, Nana. So her mom, her adoptive mom is actually her grandmother because she had trauma as an early child. And so it's just amazing how these things get overlooked, to your point. Yeah, that this is all these things are connected. And yet the judge is focused in on this gender issue. So long story short, the parents don't get their child back and, and the child ends up in a children's home in Maryland um, and then ultimately um, in Virginia but ends up in a a children's home and it's a kind of a place I guess for for mental health I mean I guess kind of helping the mental health side of things but she's going to a regular school then like during the day she goes to school and um, she ends up running away again from this facility and ends up in sex trafficking again.
0: Let's just, this would be a good place to just hear the, the mom, um, as Victoria explained. This is Sage's biological grandmother that legally adopted her. Um, I think her father had died when she was young, and she legally adopted her grandmother. Her grandmother, so she is the legal mom. But let's just hear her, in her own words, sharing a little bit of that story. Sage also has a lifetime sentence of PTSD.
1: Sage also suffers with medical issues due to the rapes
0: but she's alive, and there is hope. I tell her she's not broken, she's just scarred. She hopes that her story will help save the lives of other
1: children. Sage does not want any more children to have to suffer through the consequences that she survived. Sage does have a heart of compassion. That everyone was doing, she said Nana, everyone was doing the transgender thing, and she only wanted a friend. My heart breaks for this resilient young girl. And parents, you are not alone. This mother stands with you. We love our children more than any counselor, judge, or teacher. Well, to make a very long story short, thankfully, Sage was found um, after months um, and gotten back. And um, the mom reached out to our law center, actually, to get her back because parents and adults, you know, parents are trying to get her back. And these adults are, are really trying to block her from being with her family, and we just look at how parents are constantly pushed away. They are treated as if they are not the help, but it's actually the mom. It was actually the mom who investigated social media and actually ultimately found her. I mean, yes, the FBI went found in, the but that's my point. Like, it, the mom is going to be the person that is going to move heaven and earth to get their child back and help their child. Correct.
0: That's so amazing. I, I thank God that we can have this ministry our legal team that actually helped get get her back um you know living with the parents again, and um you know the bottom line is when you have these policies that exclude parents you you are going to open the door up more for predators because the parents the the natural safeguard is not there. And so to that end, there is this law proposed, Sage's Law. Tell us real quick what it does.
1: Yeah, so Sage's Law does really three things. The first thing is that it makes sure that personnel within a school, teachers' administration, have to notify the parent if a child is identifying as a gender that is not their biological sex. So that's the first thing. Get the parents in the, in the know. Um, also related to counselors, because there's a piece that counselors play in all of this, and it is that counselors cannot coerce or convince children to keep this information from their parents, and counselors can't keep it from the parents. So, again, trying to make sure that the most important person in the life of the child is knowledgeable about the situation. And then the third piece, which was really critical um, in Sage's story, is that a parent cannot be considered um, guilty of any kind of abuse simply because they are maybe non-affirming. Now, again, it's almost unbelievable in her story because her parents had about a couple of hours to react to her deciding that she was going to be treated like a boy. So there's no way there could have been abuse. And they were ultimately, um, you know, all of that was uh, found to be not the case. Um, but it just in this law, we want to make it crystal clear that a parent can help and and can have conversations about the gender without having to affirm and not be um, treated like the um, like someone out to harm their child.
0: Yeah. And so if I know there's people listening to this, that your heart has moved, you want to help out. And I just want to give you one easy way to do that. In addition to watching for our email alerts when you can make your voice heard on this particular bill. But also we're going to be having Mama Bear, Papa Bear Day at the state capitol on February 8th. And that's where we can all come together, have a visual representation. We're going to have Mama Bear stickers. Like I said, Papa Bears are welcome to. And we need all of you there to be to be visually represented that you care about these parental rights. There's going to be lots of different bills that that will affect, um, not only this kind of issue with counseling and uh, these gender identity issues at school, but also uh, just what's happening with the explicit library books and parents' involvement in that. So make sure you stay tuned, but mark it on your calendar. February 8th, um, we're going to have a Parental Rights Day. Well, real quick. If you want other Virginians to be able to understand what's going on in their state on these key issues, let me give you a really easy way you can do that, and that is two things. Simply share this podcast. This is an easy way to just get your friends understanding what's going on and easy things they can do to have an impact. You know, not everybody can be at the state capitol like the Family Foundation, um, but what you can do is just take... uh, few seconds to send an email and the best way to get people plugged in doing that is listening to this podcast. So share the podcast, um, subscribe to it on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever your favorite platform is. And then also give us a review because that helps escalate it up if we get a positive review so other people can find it. And with that said, let's um, go on to uh, our other topics today. I also wanted to hit on some of the big news that we talked about earlier happening at the federal level Um, With these major pharmacies, including CVS and Walgreens, putting statements out that yes, they will be willing to sell the the, uh, prescription abortion pill. Tell us what's going on with that and how the Biden administration is kind of playing a role in all this happening.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, under the Biden administration, the FDA has basically dropped the requirement that you get an abortion pill in person from a doctor or a healthcare professional. So so if, if you were going to get an abortion pill before you were going to be at an abortion clinic, you were going to be handed that by people in that industry. And now they've removed that. And so they've opened the door to be able to receive that at technically any pharmacy retail could do pharmacy it. retail pharmacy.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, this is really upsetting to me um, because my family, you know, uses CVS and Walgreens a lot. And I've been thinking about this so Well, What am I going to do? It's, it's not quite in place yet. I guess there's some bureaucracy they have to go through to get it all in place. Um, but Virginia is one of these states that probably this will be happening. Um, so I've been trying to think, OK, well, am I going to continue to do business with, um, a pharmacy that is doing this kind of thing. And in fact, I'll just share, I, I had to get a flu shot, um, this weekend and I was already thinking, okay, I don't want to go to my usual pharmacy because of this, cause this really upsets me. So I went to my grocery store instead, but even there, no, no kidding. I walk up and the first thing I see is a big promotion of plan B. So then I'm thinking everybody is doing this, but help us understand what is the difference between the emergency, con- um, you know, the, the plan B emergency day after if you get raped, kind of pill that you hear about, um, versus how is this a step beyond that?
1: Well, I mean, that's a great point because um, you can now get these what they call morning after pills right there at your pharmacist as well. And we had always, I mean, they really are abortifacient because those are acting after a a child has been implanted in the womb. If if you are in fact pregnant, it is after that they've been implanted under the lining of your uterus. So it is an abortifacient. The difference is the abortion pill can is capable of taking a human life much later, right? It's more powerful. It can destroy, you know. So it one is impactful early on in a pregnancy, and one is impactful much, much later into the pregnancy. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, the um, physical consequences of your what your body does when you take a an abortion pill later in the in the pregnancy compared to a morning after pill is pretty dramatic. Have you ever seen the story unplanned? That's what I think of. Abby Johnson um, really tells a painful story of thinking I'm just going to take a pill and just what she went through. And the idea that women are, are going to get this from their, again, it's normalizing something that is not normal. It is the destruction of human life. And when we act like you can go to CVS and get this handled. Women think that's how it's going to go, and it is going to be devastating. And also, if you think about when you go to a pharmacist, okay, they offer counseling. Technically, you can get advice from your pharmacist. It's not exactly typically super private. It's not where somebody's going to lay out this is how it's really going to go if you take this abortion pill.
0: They need that. And just to be clear, of people, um, this you can take this abortion pill after the baby has already started forming oh, and developing. And absolutely, is that, that go yes. pretty late?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You can go well, I. I I think they say twelve weeks I've heard higher stories. I mean this is not this is not just like you know the morning after pill might work you know in the first couple of little maybe a week or two or whatever, but you cannot take that way into a pregnancy, and this you you can and so and back to your point about for when the, when the morning after pill went to pharmacies pharmacists were put in a position, conscience-wise, am I going to be part of distributing this? Because up until that point, they didn't have to have that thought of, do I have to be part of the process of an abortion? So we actually tried to pass legislation to prevent pharmacists from having to do that. Mm-hmm. We didn't win, and we know many pharmacists that have really struggled through this. Mm-hmm. Now, step that even to this larger consequence, and and now knowing CVS and Walgreens mm-hmm. and these places are making that decision, um, you're going to put a lot of pro-life Christian pharmacists, people who object in a terrible spot. And we're going to, again, we already have shortages all over the place. And we're going to, again, be forcing people of faith out of out of places that they've been working.
0: Yeah. And I I feel like this is going to create more division in our nation because now you're again going to have these pro-life states where most abortions are banned, not doing this. We've already seen DeSantis saying you're not going to sell pharmacies in my state are not going to sell. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. But in other states where almost every kind of abortion is legal, um, you will be seeing that so we're gonna again we're gonna have this division and right? to the
1: point you were making which is even those of us that go to the pharmacy we don't we don't love supporting the places that are doing this right and so it's funny my insurance had just kicked me out of my normal I've always been you know somebody that went to my grocery store to get my medicine and my insurance stopped contracting with them so I was already picking out a new pharmacy as of January 1 this year mm-hmm. and I started thinking through it and honestly I think the best bet is going to be the small independent pharmacies there aren't a lot of them and I discovered that can be more expensive. So I, I switched and I went, oh, this could be so. So this is just putting a lot of people in a, in a really tough spot. Yeah.
0: Now, I did have a friend that said he called his local grocery store and they said they're not doing oh, it. Good. So, good. so maybe that's what we'll have to do is check in with these different places and see what's going on. I hope that sends a message. We just continue to see the market in general being
1: bifurcated between the left and the right, between things that are good and wholesome and those that want to participate. I mean, it's the idea that we are now thinking about what pharmacy we go to, it's, 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 it's back to the many things of tech industries that won't serve people. And I mean, we're just, I'm just concerned in general that our society is going down this road and it's putting people of faith in just difficult positions.
0: Well, you mentioned the legislation that had been proposed earlier. Now, considering that we now know that more than 50 percent of abortions are now happening through these chemical pills. And what um, about abortion reversal pills? Nobody's talking about
1: who's carrying those and what we're doing to advertise the fact. That's that's, a good point. That's a whole nother. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, let's at least tell the other side of the story that there are these amazing babies that have been saved because somebody regretted Taking a taking an abortion pill and and then was able to quickly and again that's a very dangerous thing to do. Let's get it, that it, conversation out there. If we're going to start having this at CBS and Walgreens, yeah,
0: it does bring up an interesting point. Do we ask them? Well, if you're going to sell this, are you going to also and promote are, and are going to ca- can be reversed
1: and are you going to counsel women? FYI, um, when you're handing them that. By the way, if you regret this, if you
0: you know, here's this. Well, let me just wrap up by saying that, again, if you care about this issue, we do have these days of action where you can make your voice heard. And so um, just next week, we are having Pro-Life Day here at the state capitol in Richmond. Don't miss it. Everything kicks off uh, as far as the March part goes. Everything kicks off uh, with a rally at the capitol. We know that the governor will be out marching with us. So if the governor's marching, will you be marching? So make sure you join us. Um, Just look on our website for more information, familyfoundation.org. Well, it's that time again. Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this... The Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! You know, we've talked about before on the show how we are just seeing an intensifying of the whole cultural clash between religious freedom and the more extremist political form of LGBTQ activism. And where we especially see that playing out is in the tension that it creates between everyday Americans that want to just live out their faith in public and have the freedom to live according to their biblical beliefs, especially when it comes to sexuality, and just these increasing demands that we see for forced compliance for not just tolerance but celebration, participation in um, a political agenda. I I think people saw this coming, but what maybe they didn't grasp is what a broad swath of people, of just average American people, that this would impact. Everything from local grocery store employees to just lately a hockey league player.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I know I think we talked about this before, but, you know, there were those two Kroger employees that didn't want to wear the LGBT thing on their Kroger uniform. And they, they actually were fired for that. Thankfully, they won a settlement uh, to protect their religious freedom. So that came out okay, but and now now we have a, a hockey player.
0: Yeah, here's what's going on just to bring everybody up to speed. The National Hockey League decided to as part of its uh Hockey is for Everyone initiative decided to have, I think it was a Pride Night and it you know, they were supposed to they did where jerseys with rainbow colors rainbow colored numbers and they even had their hockey sticks wrapped up with rainbow colored uh, tape and this was for a pregame practice and I think they just assumed kind of the default was everyone was just going to fall in line with this but there was one courageous player that said no I'm not going along
1: That's right. And he was a Philadelphia Flyer. I just have to make a plug there for my hometown. But anyway, um, it was defenseman Ivan Provorov, and I I hope I'm saying his name right, or Provorov. But, I mean, he handled it so well. He chose to respectfully stay in his locker room during practice rather than adorn himself with the pride colors or whatnot. And, of course, even... Though his team went on to win a big victory that night, that's not what they wanted to talk about. That is the left wing media wanted to go to town and they pretty much spent all night uh, really just continuously talking about this guy and trying to villainize him because he didn't comply with the political agenda.
0: Well, let's just start by hearing a little bit of his comments, the players' comments. Yeah, I I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm gonna say. Now, as you heard there, he was not trying to have some big confrontation. This isn't someone that went out on the ice with, like, an opposing shirt or something. He was trying to be respectful and, as he said, be true to himself and his beliefs. So he stayed behind in the locker room and gave up his practice uh, time. So I just, you know, it's not like... He was publicly taking a knee, you know, just to make a comparison. Yeah. Um. He was trying to be non-confrontational with this. But that's not good enough. You know,
1: we used to hear you just need to be tolerant, you know, like tolerance with the word. But that's not it. It's clearly being tolerant is not the thing. It is that you have to celebrate the agenda. You must publicly participate in it. And that's what they demanded from him.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think the commentary that you heard over the next week from the leftist sports commentators, from the pundits, I mean, it makes that abundantly clear that the only thing they were going to accept was just celebration or participation, whether it conflicted with your faith or not. And it was scary. Um, Let's just listen to a few of those comments. Let's just start with the guy calling for the team to be fined a million dollars or something like that. I, I just think the NHL has to do something here. This is not good enough. This is not good enough. Hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless, unless you don't agree with gay rights is not the phrasing of this. You're either in this or you're not. And one last point, nothing scares me more than any human being who says, I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. Because when you looked at people's lives, you normally say that publicly, you'd throw up at what you saw. Now, Victoria, did you catch that? You are either in this or you're not. They
1: are making this so political that it's impossible to even remain neutral, even just simply trying to remain neutral. It's not an option. Every American will be forced to take a stand whether or not they like it and whether or not they have biblical values. Uh, this is, and and, and I, we, you have to, he- I mean, when you hear that anger coming against really
0: religious people, you, I mean, that is disturbing. Yeah, here's the sobering reality, people. I mean, if you think, you're going to be a Christian and kind of sit this one out. I don't think that's the case. You can see the rhetoric escalating. If you have a biblical viewpoint on sexuality, you're going to have to decide whether you're going to be courageous about that or not. And, you know, we can wait for the grocery store employees to do this and the hockey players, but it will eventually, you know, it will eventually come to you.
1: Oh, I don't think there's any question. And and that level of anger um, people are going to confront this, we need to realize that this is not about someone saying something offensive or wearing something derogatory and people getting offended. No, this is next level. This is that we are going to have to coerce someone to be into forced celebration and forced participation in this whole agenda that's going on and and this dogma. And, if, and you better agree.
0: Yeah. And I just want to mention That the the guy you heard speaking earlier in that clip was a Canadian sports pundit. But lest you say this isn't happening in our country, I do want to say that we saw that kind of vitriol toward religious people um, from people based in the U.S. Um, There was one Chicago based sports analyst that had this to say, quote, stop letting bigots hide behind their cherry picked religion, unquote. Um, There were lots of sports writers um, from places like ESPN, NHL, analysts um, calling for him to be benched or worse. So this was a a lot of people saying he should be punished for taking a stance based on his faith.
1: Well, and I hate to bring this up, but remember how people just didn't like Tim Tebow just because of his faith. I mean, he he absolutely was uh, treated as something other than just because he was public with his faith. I mean, this is... But the irony of all this, when you think about... I mean, think about the major non-participation that we had in, in a different issue, which was, if you remember, Kaepernick not not standing for the pledge, not doing the normal, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to... That was applauded because that stood for something else. Mm-hmm. But that was the same thing. I'm not going to participate in what everybody else is doing. Yeah, there's definitely some inconsistency and irony going on with that. I will say, though, the good news is, right, this guy's jersey is actually... His number is starting that's to certain- sell out online. So that's So maybe there's some...
0: You know, there's people that respect yeah. this,
1: that that say, like, yes. this is the kind of leader, this is the kind of celebrity I want to follow.
0: Yes, that shows you the media pundits do not reflect no. how the average sports watcher American feel. They don't want their sporting events politicized. Correct. So, yes.
1: I think we just want to watch a game.
0: Well, I guess that means this week's Inconceivable Award definitely has to go to the leftist media pundits, who obviously don't really believe that hockey is for everyone. Obviously, they are okay in even promoting excluding and benching certain people, especially if those people happen to be Christians with a biblical viewpoint on sexuality. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.